Greetings, fellow humans, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I am Adam. And I am I am Zach, your friend who you know, and am no one else, and I am Zach. And Adam is here. Adam. Adam, isn't yes. it great that we have been friends for 202 episodes? I uh, really uh, appreciate our friendship. Um, I think it's fantastic, and I enjoy all of the earth food and drink that I have consumed while doing these episodes. I like being regular people who are definitely normal humans. I think it's great to do normal human things like dogs and walk. Yeah, nothing strange about that. Just, you know, in enjoying earth sun and uh earth dirt it's it's great earth moon great earth moon top five moons i've seen but i've only seen earth moon well it's a good thing that everyone knows who we are and would never suspect that we are anything else other than what we are no we are us and we are on this podcast today as we always are every week, talking about X-Men stories. Um, and this week, our X-Men stories come to us from Kilbian the Eternal Scroll. If you want to be like Kilbian, you must pray to the Scroll Pantheon, uh, including Slug Alert of the Infinite Names. And also, our other, their other gods. Not ours, theirs. Um... Which you can pray to them on Patreon.com slash ComicsXF. Now let us talk about The Secret Invasion, which was requested by Kilburn. Who, who, who did The Secret Invasion, Adam? I've never heard of this alien species before, but they are the Skrulls. And they um, are very handsome aliens, a very beautiful shade of green. and uh, it, Great chins, those Skrulls! <laughs> Very, very beautiful scrolls, uh, chins, and beautiful pointing ears. And I, uh, I hear that this secret invasion was more of a holy war um, and was very misrepresented in these comic books that we'll be talking about today. Well, as, as my friends in the Guns N' Roses said, I don't need your holy war. I remember those lyrics for sure. But this issue that we're talking about is Secret Invasion X-Men, Volume 1, Numbers 1 through 4, written by Mike Carey, with pencils by Carey Nord and Ma Sepavolda. Dave McCraig does the colors. You know, I like the beginning of this first issue. Lots of uh, fun military invasion talk. It seems to be moving at a, at a quick pace. I, I'm excited about what's happening. And then, oh boy, this uh, this miniseries just goes completely off the rails, doesn't it? We can talk about the fact that Cyclops wants to do a genocide. 
against the good scrolls. I mean, that's. I think that's what people remember this miniseries for. Um, is it, well, that's because he wants to do a genocide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and does not because the brave scrolls do a suicide instead. They sure Why do. is it okay to kill scrolls and not others? I don't understand. I mean, all the scrolls did was round up the humans and put them in a, a sealed apartment complex and threaten to kill them. I mean, I don't really see what's wrong with that. It's all in the name of the, the, the he who loves you, you know? Hold on. He loves you. Hold on. The scrolls don't do anything that other villains don't normally also do. But it's not okay to kill the Melter or Angar the Screamer. But it's okay to kill scrolls? I think there is a cognitive dissonance there are scrolls not sentient yeah uh it, it really does seem against the x-men's ethos to uh you know just whip up a batch of the legacy virus um and that you know i feel like there's also you know some some real disrespect here uh you know dr hank mccoy comes up with this because he believes that because scrolls uh, can shape change that that somehow makes them similar to mutants, which is really, really just disrespectful. Bad science also works. <laughs> Apparently, uh, especially when Beast Cyclops... does. Is is this Beast's first genocide? Mm, I, well, we, it's not his last. No, <laughs> no, we've seen him uh, sort of get on like get close to uh to these sort of situations before with with you know ethical dilemmas but this one is interesting he does plead his case to um not use the legacy virus but at the same time cyclops is very uncharacteristically saying let's go kill them all which i don't quite get this is by the standards of the era this is a weird cyclops this is a Cyclops who, he seems very much like a military man and commander. And in a much more violent way when killing Skrull than, say, fighting Sentinel. Yeah, I mean, this is during uh, the X-Men's Utopia era. So, you know, there is that sort of military, I guess, defense strategy to this. Oh, this isn't quite there yet, I guess. To be to be clear, this has Manifest Destiny on cover. Which Manifest Destiny, like how scrolls are destined to take Earth. We also have it fits. Nightcrawler walking around with uh, you know, a very, very beautiful orb that uh really should not be in the hands of uh, of a mutant and uh you know, they should give that back to the scrolls as soon as possible. Adam, as I as I know from iTunes reviews, our fans do not care about the Bible talk that we do. But Orb does a lot of Bible talk. Sure does. But it seems uh, very informative and, and something that I would like to learn more about. It It's good. It's good Orb. Can we talk art? The, the pictures that are here, the descriptions, the... Beautiful scrolls and the gross, ugly X-Men. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know that the scrolls are drawn that beautifully. Um, we have very beautiful covers by uh, Terry Dodson. 
Um, but once we get inside these issues and start confronting uh, the art by Carrie Nord, which just is not great. And the coloring is weird and um, yeah, not, not enjoying it. Friend Adam, have you read Famous Earth Documents, Conan the Barbarian? Uh, I mean, some, but has this artist worked on that? Carrie Nord, Carrie Nord did long-term run on Conan the Barbarian mm. with Kurt Busiek oh. over at The Darker Horse. Mm. He, like early 2000s Salvador Loca, Carrie Nord just kind of has color over pencils and can have interesting look. Larger problem, Dave McKaig colors are foggy and bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not enjoying it's the, blue the filter. look of this. It's a blue filter. Yeah. Well, and it's not just Carrie. I think that uh, Ma Sepulveda is not doing great work here either um, on, on those pages. Uh, the Beast in particular from Sepulveda is really rough. Um, and scrolls look not handsome as they should. No. Scroll very pretty and good, and I love scroll. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, oh, no. Friend Zach, are you okay? Adam, you will. Adam, you will not believe what's going on. I, I was, I was outside. I was, I was late to the recording. Have, have, I'm, I'm sorry to keep you. Uh, I was late, and I, I came in, and do you remember that part in Annihilation? Where, where uh, Princess Padme Amidala sees her herself like in a weird crystal form, and it's like turning into her, and then we find out that she's actually her at the end or whatever. I don't like know what you're talking her. about. Hmm, this sounds unfamiliar to me. It was. I had a weird. Can we just record the episode, and I'll I'll, I'll tell you about it later. Yes, friend Zach, please let us postpone this part of the conversation. Okay. Um, so I don't have a lot to say about Secret Invasion X-Men. It's kind of bad, right? Do we have to talk about it? Can we just rank it? Like, is that, can we just, I know we've never done that before. And I'll, I'll do, I'll, I'll do all the intro stuff later. You can just edit it in. I know you're good about it. But can we just, can we just rank Secret Invasion X-Men? Because I don't care for it. And Beast does a genocide and the art's bad. And everyone seems oddly out of character, which is weird because Mike Carey's normally one of my favorite writers. Like, it's very disappointing. Weird transphobic stuff in it. It's just like, it's bad and I don't like it. Well, yes. Very important to uh, mention very bad human uh ideas like ladies clothing on other people as somehow being gross i think humans are weird for thinking such things uh also not enjoying the reference to she lies with angels um with page somehow flying and angel so this bad book and we should rank it yeah okay you're being weird i don't know what's going on adam what do you mean, friend Zach? What do you mean? Can we just rank this dang thing? I'm having a long day, bud. Okay. We have we have a list, right? That we can rank these on? A big list? Yes. Yes. Many, many titles. Uh, I think we've got, uh, how many at this point? A hundred, or 516 titles, ranked from best to worst. Uh, House of X, Powers of Ten is our number one. 
Uh, 100 is X-Men Collector Edition Pizza Hut X-Men. Number 200 on this list is Extraordinary X-Men Kingdom's Fall. Number 300 on this list is uh, Generation X 8 through 9, What Happened to Cassidy Keep. Uh, number 400 on this list is New Mutants When They Go Back to Asgard. Number 500 on this list is The Warlock Waits from uh, X-Men number 30. And then the bottom story is the Draco. I think this story should be at number one. I don't think that's... This story should be at number one. It features Skrulls, and Skrulls are the best. And I don't see any other stories on this list that feature Skrulls. X-Men Secret Invasion, number one. Adam, we literally do have A plus X, uh, number 13 through 18, Captain America plus Cyclops, uh, about Cadre K, the X-Men Skrulls. Hey. That's actually 55, and that's better than this. Stop. Don't get near me. I don't like this. Get away from me. <laughs> oh my God, Zach. You will not believe this. I There was another me sitting here by the microphone. What is going on? Are we supposed to be doing an episode Adam, about scroll stories Adam, tonight? Adam, we're on video chat. I saw the whole thing. You were a scroll, and that's exactly what just happened to me. I think those scrolls, I say we, it's very hard because they had our faces. I think the scrolls committed to a bit and didn't know how to deal with it. And it went on for too long. And <laughs> they uh, they realized that they had to find a way to pull out and they couldn't. Uh, but then luckily we escaped and were able to uh, get back our bodies. But now we got these ding-dang scrolls we got to deal with. Well, Can we I... just finish the episode first? I've <laughs> tied my scroll up, so uh, we'll, we'll worry about that scroll Mine's later. in a closet. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, this is bad. This is real bad. Um, I don't know what my scroll double uh, suggested there, but um, I agree. You're down in the three hundreds, right? This is bad. I'm past that. It's. it's I think worse this is four hundred. Uh, yeah, four hundred. We have uh, Uncanny X Men Annual Number Eight. This is definitely worse than that. Um, let's see. Definitely worse than Wildcats X Men at four eighteen. Okay, I've got one. Yeah. I've got one. This isn't worse than Phoenix End Song. At... Or it is worse than Phoenix End Song at 478. Okay. But I don't think it's worse than 482 X Men Forever. Hmm. Okay, so in between there, we have that really terrible Chris Claremont Excalibur forging the sword. I don't think this is as bad as that. Yeah, it's right in the middle there. It's probably better than Young X-Men number seven, a book that's competently drawn. Yeah, I would agree with that. So this is our new 480? This is our new 480. Uh, X-Men Secret Invasion. Yeah, so folks, I really you know, I don't know what our scrawled doubles may or may not have said about this book, but it is very bad. You can edit, so it. You can edit it, right? That's true. We we could go back and we it's could do... We could do some revision. <laughs> we could do some ADR. <laughs> but we, um, where, where are if, we going next If it next ever here? sounds like, if it ever, I think we're going to go to Secret Invasion again. Uh, and mm. uh, we're going to talk about X-Factor. Um, and this is a crossover. It's a crossover with Peter Allen David's X-Factor in his She-Hulk. 
<sighs> is this like back in the 90s when he used to cross X-Factor over with the Hulk because he wrote the two things? When he was in that... a very famous TV show and then didn't pay his taxes and then had a GoFundMe about it? No, it's not back in the 90s. <laughs> you have to keep that in and slice it in right after you say back in the 90s because it's a great BoJack Horseman joke if you can get the timing right. Okay, I can do that. It's... It's several layers deep of both BoJack Horseman and also the weird, obscure history of Peter Allen David. <laughs> but the people who get it, they're going to be losing their sh- Well, I will <laughs> tell you that this uh, particular three-part crossover starts with a, uh, a nasty statement about New Jersey. So I already hate this story from, like, the first uh, couple word bubbles. Um, this... Starts with the most bizarre first page. (laughs) It's supposed to be long shot monologuing about like how he hates Detroit and Jersey and the people that are around him in Mutant Town. And he's basically trying to start a fight because he's actually a scroll and God, it's awful. It's pretty bad. Long shots there with long shots there with Darwin and Darwin's looking especially pale for a darker skinned uh i believe is he mexican yes i believe that is a that is a plot point that later in this um three issue arc his skin uh does become darker and he is complimented on it so that's a little strange it's just weird that i find i find it weird that they intentionally miscolored him and it's it's supposed to be making a point about how darwin's actually safer in white skin uh which is a a weird statement for detroit which has one of the highest black populations and hispanic populations in the country but whatever peter david whatever if you want to make statements i'm not i'm not saying that white Folks are not privileged and do not have uh, the ability not to really worry about being mistreated based on the color of their skin. But also, it's weird to intentionally whitewash a character to make a point when you could have made that point any other way. I think that's a, I I think that's weird, Peter David. Uh, it's one of many weird things. Um, and uh, I when it becomes obvious that Longshot is a scrawl, um. She-Hulk comes in to try and beat up the Skrull um, with the help of her sidekick, who is also a Skrull. Because they're bounty yeah, it's, hunters. Uh, uh, it's Jazinda Kalertspawn. Uh, that's Kalert's daughter. You know Kalert, the Super Skrull? Well, there's lots like of... We didn't mention this in the first story, but there's tons of Super Skrulls in, in these stories. Like, they just have... And they yeah. copycat all kinds of Marvel powers. So this this particular one just is long shot. He's just being long shot. Yeah, he's actually not just a super scroll. He's Nagor the Talisman, which is like a special mm. scroll who's the human representation of the scroll gods. Because uh, the scroll invasion was a 2008 story about how uh, the scrolls were on a holy war uh, to invade Earth that they believed was theirs by right of conquest and that they could be anyone, including your neighbors. And Bendis was trying to do a invasion of the body snatchers riff, like on a big scale, but then oops, accidentally did a bunch of racism uh, because it 
definitely feels like you can't trust your neighbors. It's all around you. In 2008, for those of you who were babies at the time, which is terrifying to know that that's part of our <laughs> listener base, uh, was a time of pretty heightened racism, especially against Arab Americans and any one of the Muslim faith or anyone that dumb, ignorant Americans thought would be potentially of the Muslim faith. Uh, any of their neighbors that could be. Um, so you understand why the scrolls going on a jihad uh, reads wrong. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, this this over uh, stressing of, of the you know religious aspects of the scroll invasion is, is just very off putting uh, throughout. So um, we, we go over to She-Hulk and the X factor doesn't realize really what's going on. They think that, that She-Hulk is chasing long shots. So they try and beat up She-Hulk. It doesn't work so well. We go back to X factor. We realize that, Oh, this is a scroll. So there's uh, you know, big fight scene. Um, everybody, you know, piles on the scroll and uh, that's about it. I mean, it's pretty dumb. It's pretty dumb. Um, and there's an unfortunate aspect to this, and that's that uh, 90s, 90s artist Larry Stroman comes back for this. And Larry Stroman delivers some truly horrible art in two out of these three issues. Uh, the She-Hulk art uh, he doesn't do, that's by Vincenzo Kuka. Uh, but Larry Stroman does the pencils, John Sabal does the inks, uh, and Jeremy Co or Jerome Cox does the colors. All right, I'm gonna go out on a limb. Are you ready? I like it. <laughs> yes, I like the Stroman art in these two issues. I think it's it's not obviously to uh, the level uh, of craft that we expect from you know his original. 90s x-factor work but there are moments here that really do remind me of it and i thought there was some fun stuff here obviously there are some other things you know uh, it, it it does not hold up to the same level but i enjoyed looking at, at stroman back on this book um so I, i'm gonna just here's what i'm doing out right there. now adam i i have moseyed on over to Instagram.com slash Larry Stroman 575. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm doing this intentionally to say that I am I am looking at recent Larry Stroman art. And Larry Stroman is a fantastic artist. He did not just get bad with age or whatever. He still has his particular quirks that Larry Stroman has always had, including weird necks and heads. That everyone's <laughs> got some weird necks and heads. Yeah. He's always had that stylistic. That's fine. That's Larry Stroman. Larry Stroman's a really good artist. I think he's absolutely horrific on the two issues that he does here. Well, I, I think it's clear that there, first of all, it does look like he's rushed. Um, there's not a lot going on in backgrounds. It, it's it, the facial expressions are wacky. Um, but I also think that there's a weird combination between rushed pencils and the anchor that's on this book as well. So I just thought it was kind of cool. I think, to I think see... there could definitely be, I think there could definitely be some anchor challenges with it or mismatch there. I also, and I think we said this back when we did uh, the 
Life and Times of Lucas Bishop. Mm-hmm. I don't think Larry Stroman looks good with gradients. I think Larry Stroman looks pretty bad with modern coloring. Yeah, it's not doing anything. I don't any think favors. they figured out how to do him right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think there are, I mean, I don't know. I just like Larry Stroman stuff. So I didn't think it's not, it's not nearly as awkward. I like Larry Stroman. I, I'm not saying you don't, Zach. I'm just saying it's not as awkward as will. like, like Will Sportaccio coming back, you know, and doing some more really off-putting, you know, kind of art later on in his X-Men career. So, um, would you like, like to rank this? Cause I don't know that there's a lot to recommend here. It's not, it's. It's better than the X-Men one because it's fine. It's yeah. a Peter David X-Factor story. And even mm-hmm. even in the context of people liking his run, I don't think this is one of the ones that they talk about. Uh, no, I would not assume that they would. This is not one of the good ones. No, but it is worse than... Let's see. I think this is still a 400s book, though, don't you? I mean, this ain't great. I mean, I'm going down the list... Um, we've got Invisible Woman has vanished at 244. It's not better than that. I mean, uh, they keep killing Madrix at 264 is better than this. Mm-hmm. Excel at 272 is better than this. Happenings in Vegas at 274 is better than this. The end of X Factor Wolfsbane is better than this at 311. Yeah, I think Judgment uh, Wars at 390. Yeah, that's better than probably this. Probably better um, than this. 394 Life and Times of Lucas Bishop is better than this. Uh, let's see. But not by much. We're exactly there. How about Search for is Cyclops? This better... Is this better than that? We're Search for Cyclops. Adam. 408. I think this is better than Search for Cyclops. Yeah, I mean, it's just a harmless kind of beat them than... up, right? I think this is better than Betrayal in the Bermuda Triangle from X-Men, mm-hmm. uh, Volume 3. I'm going to give the edge to Alpha Flight 106... Because somebody posted that panel of Northstar coming out while flying 90s towards the camera. And that's still a great panel. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be our new 403? This will be our new 403. All right. So, so far, Secret Invasion has really been striking out here. Um, not really feeling this side of the, the crossover event. But there is a mini series that I thought had a little bit more uh, going on in it, and uh, that is Captain Britain and MI thirteen. Um, the first four issues are devoted to Secret Invasion, and there's there's a little more substance here. I think it is. This is written by Paul Cornell, uh, with pencils by Leonard Kirk. Uh, Jess uh, Doppeldang does the inks. Brian Reber is on our colors. And this is a story about the scroll invasion of Britain because Britain is, of course, the seat of all magic because it is the uh, the home to Otherworld. Like, you can right. get to Otherworld there and Avalon yep. and Camelot and all of that stuff. Um, and obviously, its protector is Captain Britain, uh, Brian Braddock at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, um, interesting lineup here, you know. Uh, we have yeah, Pete so Wisdom. The lineup, the lineup for this team... Pete Wisdom, who puts the team together, mm-hmm. uh, of Captain Britain, Spitfire from Invaders. She's a vampire and she's a fancy lady. And Black Knight, who I hate. <laughs> and then also a new character to this series, uh, Fazia Hussein. Uh, she is a NHS nurse or doctor. She 
finds out that she has the ability to, like, split people into anatomy diagrams and fix them mentally with her mind. And she rules. I love Fazia. It's a really, really cool power. Um, and she's very sort of awestruck by the fact that she is in the presence of an Avenger, even if that Avenger is <laughs> the Black Knight. But he's actually kind of charming here as well. Um, and we also are joined um, by a, a scroll that joins this team um, that I believe you said before we went on. This is a carryover from uh, the Pete Wisdom series that came before this, right? Yeah. Uh, Paul Cornell did a Pete Wisdom Max series called Wisdom Max uh, that has a lot of the other world elements that come into play here. Uh, but also includes John the Scroll. Uh, it's a scroll that came to Earth, and him and his three buddies pretended to be the Beatles, and he's John. <laughs> so this series has that's it has a guy that looks like John Lennon walking around. I, he doesn't really seem to have any powers or anything. He's just a scroll who looks like John Lennon. I mean, Lennon. he's a scroll. He can shape change, <laughs> right? But he doesn't in this yeah. series. <laughs> Um, so the series is interesting to me and it's especially interesting in comparison to the recent series, the union, mm -hmm. uh, by Paul Grist, the union, which was going to be part of empire and then got retrofitted into King and black, uh, was about a new team of British heroes, uh, led by Britannia, the spirit of the British Isles, um, who promptly dies in this captain Britain is protecting uh all of england from the scrolls uh and he promptly dies mm -hmm. and it's about how the spirit of england is gone and the spirit of britain is not here with us and the people from different backgrounds have to rally together uh and including faza and refine the spirit of britain uh the thing about this <laughs> to say. me go ahead is that Britain's kind of not great? Like kind of in 2008, in Britain's not great. Just well, I mean, in 2008, there was a British Empire. We had Zach. <laughs> Come on, has Britain ever been great? I think Britain might. No, Britain's bad now. <laughs> Britain's 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 not a like aspirational thing. Um, I don't think. I think. I think that Britain. It's not my favorite. I love Captain Britain. I think there's plenty of critique that you can make about Captain Britain and what that means to have somebody draped in a flag. And I get I get frustrated with that because it becomes more a less of a critique about the character. And is, is it a good idea for a character to wear a flag? And uh, we have the exact same things about Captain America. And there's plenty of valid questions about that. Mm -hmm. um, I think here when... You're using Captain Britain in this case as the most jingoistic version of Captain Britain. Uh, I think that's not fabulous, and I I think I think it's weird that they never critically evaluate that in this series. Uh, at most, they have Pete Wisdom being frustrated about oh look at this star spangled guy and all this stuff, uh, and it's weird to the point where. When Captain Britain comes back from the dead by the end of this, he's explicitly wearing an even more Union Jack costume instead of, like, the Alan Davis costume where he 
was kind of wearing a Union Jack, but is slightly modified so that it doesn't look as explicitly like a flag that was used for uh, colonization of a ton of different lands and the oppression of just so many people. Yeah, uh, it is obviously very strange to see that push, you know, this idea that, uh, oh, we are all of different, uh, you know, faiths and colors and we're going to come together under this flag that is like, you know, centuries long history of colonization and not great stuff. Um, I will say what does work, I think, here is, um, you know, going back into some more Captain Britain-esque lore about the idea of um, Britain being this sort of portal to magic and that the scrolls want that because they know it's a power source that they can access to continue to take over parts of the earth. Um, and they're largely successful in that uh, until we really get to the last issue when things do not go uh, the way the scrolls expect. And um, Pete Wisdom kind of makes a deal with a the devil there to uh, set them free as, you know, it's that's the stuff that I think works and is fun. Um, and I, I think it's that, a fun adventure story. Yeah. I think Cornell does a good job as long as it's about these sort of like fantasy characters and, um, you know, the existence of magic and, and that coming into the real world and, and informing this fight. The the patriotism angle that the, that just that doesn't fly for me. If it helps, literally in the next issue, uh, the arc that will fill up the rest of the book comes into play, uh, which includes famous British hero Blade joining the team, uh, <laughs> and and the rest of the run being about uh, Captain Burton and the MI13 versus Dracula in his moon base. Love it. Oh, I like that. I like the sound of that. Um, yeah, no, the rest of this actually kind of rules. I, I like the team. Um, I like the dynamic between FISA and uh, the Black Knight. You know, the Black Knight is sort of doing his aw shucks, humble guy thing. Um, I like the, you know, we, uh, I'm not sure what our scroll counterparts said about previous scroll villains, but, you know, everything seems kind of flat in that regard. But this one's cool. It's sort of like a Sorcerer Supreme scroll. That comes onto the scene. He he's got like a Doctor Strange cape. Um, he's kind of got a Dormammu type Hellboy head, and like it's I don't know mm -hmm. that stuff. I think is kind of fun. So um, it's not perfect, but I enjoyed reading this. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll be honest though, all the stuff I like about Captain Britain actually has nothing to do with Avalon or the mystery of Otherworld in so much as it has to do with it's pretty neat that there's a billion Captain Britons and sometimes they have to fight the Fury. It kills superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's um, the thing. No that's the thing that uh Should we talk about how Captain Britain goes back to life? Uh, well, maybe you could walk us step by step because there's some flags involved. There's Excalibur. Uh, Merlin is involved. It's a multi-step process. So Merlin comes back. Merlin comes back. Y'all know Merlin. Uh, and Merlin somehow has like a piece of the fury. And he does right. magic on a piece of the fury. It kills superheroes. Mm -hmm. uh, and he reverses the fury so that it doesn't kill superheroes. It lives superheroes. 
Uh, and then Captain Britain comes back made out of Union Jacks, which, again, the patriotism side, not my favorite. Right. Uh, the fact that he's resurrected as an extension of the spirit of the British people, I feel like maybe uh, maybe some of the wrong people are giving themselves pats on the back here. The fact that they do a reverse the fury, it kills superheroes to co- make him come back, rules. That rules. Uh, we should also mention uh, Pete Wisdom's um, No More Scrolls line, which is an ode to House of M. Pete Wisdom. <laughs> which I don't, I hate Pete Wisdom Pete in general. Pete Wisdom's but, pretty good. But he's not bad in here. I think, uh, oh, I think Cornell I does. I like Pete Wisdom. Pete Wisdom sucks. I know there's Pete Wisdom fans. I kind of like Pete Wisdom. Listen, I like the way. I, I do kind of yeah. like him. We've established that Pete Wisdom is at his best when he's sort of being picked on or he's, he's the, the, the brunt of people's jokes. Um, but here he gets to, to do that a little bit, but he also gets to be the hero. So um, it's a nice showing for Mr. Pete Wisdom. So uh, why don't we rank this? I think this is probably the best of the three that we've uh, talked about. It is. And because Pete Wisdom and Captain Britain are in it, it counts as an X-Men story. <laughs> That's right. Yep. Also, there's not a lot of X-Men crossover into Secret Invasion. Like, I don't think Wolverine... I'm pretty sure Wolverine didn't have a crossover, so we couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, X-Men were busy. Is this better or worse than 339, Girl School from Heck? Yeah, it is. But it, it... Here's what I'd say. It is better than that. It's probably not better than those two issues of ROM Space Night at 3.30. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would put it that much higher. Um, it, it's kind of... It's better than the saga of Crystar the Crystal Warrior. Yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know. It, how do you feel about it against... It's not better than Extinction Agenda. No. No, that's a 329. Um, you know, for all its flaws, it still has that Jim Lee art. Um, better or worse than 332 X Campus? Um, probably better than X Campus. Okay. Probably better than Savage Wolverine, Hands on a Dead Body. Not as good as ROM. All right. So this is going to be our new 331. Secret Invasion, definitely a mixed bag, folks. That is great. Now, Adam, it's pretty weird that there was a secret invasion of comic book critics like uh comic book critics like you and me got secret invaded and there's scrolls around and we've got to deal with that yeah i uh because of that we should probably wrap up this episode yeah i'm hoping mine doesn't regain consciousness anytime soon (laughs) we'll deal with it we'll deal with it before the next recording um do you even know who requested this i don't i have no idea it's no idea there's yeah, there's like some scroll All it says there. is he loves you. <laughs> what is, uh, that's creepy. I don't like it. Very creepy. It's weird. I'm not comfortable with it. Um, But he loves you. And if you want to know, like, if we love you, that's easy. You can go over to patreon.com slash comicsxf. Support some of the great comic book journalism that we are doing over on that site. Uh, we're doing our Hellfire Gala coverage is a really fun time, so y'all should check that out. Uh, I did I did a review this week about the six sidekicks of Trigger Keaton, uh, which is a great book by Kyle Starks and Chris Schweitzer. You should uh, see. Friend of the show, Kyle Starks. He's technically been on this podcast once. He said Cyclops <laughs> sucks. Uh, that's at our first C2E2 episode back in the year of our Lord 2019, in case anyone wants to go back and check. Uh, 
that's what I got. Adam, what's up? Guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy. And uh, what do we got next week, Zach? Uh, I know we said that there might be a surprise. Oh yeah, we are we are uh, in in honor of the scrolls. We are staying intergalactic. In fact, we're staying planet sized. Ooh. Uh, when special guest and upcoming X Men writer Jerry Duggan uh, joins us uh, to talk about some of the fireworks. Nice. But until then, folks. This has been Battle of the Atom. He loves you. Get it!